this is Jordan Beal. Welcome to the Rock of Grace podcast from our Kinsman campus. We are passionate about leading people to follow Jesus together, and we're so glad that you're opening the Word of God with us today. I pray God speaks to your heart. Well, I'm going to jump right in um, because I really want to get time to preach this whole thing, and yet worship was so powerful, and I want to be sensitive to the Spirit, and, and that's a lot of our sermon today is about the Spirit and how He moves and speaks and is spontaneous. In the last three weeks, we talked about different sacraments, right? Sacraments that are used across the globe, be it communion, baptism, confirmation. Today, we're talking about the oil of the Spirit, but primarily who the, who the Holy Spirit is and what the Spirit's role in our life. Uh, Pastor Will did a great job. Can we put our hands together one more time for Will doing a great job preaching on communion two weeks ago? And talked about worship last week. And today we're talking about the oil of the Spirit, the oil of the Spirit. And I am just so excited to to preach this. Listen, we're talking about the anointing oil. Just curious, how many of you grew up in Pentecost and you know what, you've heard the phrase anointing oil, right? How many of you guys have heard the phrase the anointing? Sometimes it's used... um, in kind of this way of just like, oh, that, you know, that pastor is anointed or that worship leader is so anointed. But that's usually the way it's worded. But you have to understand all of you as believers are anointed according to Luke chapter 4, according to Mark 10 and Matthew 28, that he has anointed you to carry out his mission. So we got four points today. They're going to be up on the screen. If you're taking notes, the first point is this. The anointing comes from the anointed one. The anointing comes from the anointed one. Who's the anointed one? Come on, everybody say Jesus. If you know me, you know what we're all about here is Jesus. One more time, everybody say Jesus. That's why you're never going to see the name Jordan Beale carved into the stone, okay? Because I, I might get hit by a truck, all right? This is a little morbid, but come on, Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. We're about following Jesus. So Jesus is the anointed one. He is the son of God, the son of man, beautiful beyond comprehension, sent from the father, full of grace and truth to rescue us, to rescue us. To use Pastor Ed's phrase, he became a man to make men sons of God, right? And what a beautiful, powerful concept. So what does the anointing do? The anointing is to send us on mission, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, right, to multiply his mission through millions and millions of people. So when we talk about the anointing, what are we talking about? We're talking about the empowerment from God, the empowerment from God for a specific calling and purpose. Everybody say the empowerment. Tell your neighbor their favorite color while I take a drink. Thank you, both of you. I heard purple. That was awesome. Pink. I'll forgive you, Jason. All right. The anointing comes from the anointed one. So what is the anointing? What, when, when someone has the anointing, what are we talking about, Pastor? We're talking about this empowerment from God's spirit to carry out God's mission. Now, I don't know about you, but since being saved, I want that. I want to carry out God's mission. None of you got that, so I'm going to try this side. Since being saved, I don't know about you, but I want to carry out God's mission. Is this side okay? All right, the north side. All right, the south. You guys going to get, let me give you another chance. I'll give you another chance. Since getting saved, I don't know about you, but I want to carry out God's mission. 
Oh, they beat you there. All right. So God desires to give us the oil of the Spirit. And it looks different for everybody. So be careful not to say or think that it's going to look just like someone else's oil. So God desires to give us the oil of a spirit. I'm going to say that a lot today because I don't want you to forget that. Well, what do you mean the spirit, Jordan? All right, turn in your Bibles to Joel chapter 2, verse 28. I love this passage, and I haven't used this in a long time. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. We're talking about a prophet who is speaking of a coming day, the day that we uh, live right now, the day in which we live right now. It shall come to pass afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. I will show wonders in the heaven. Now, by the way, pause. When we get to this verse, now he's talking about the the end of days. And so prophecy, we have to understand, is very like, sometimes it's talking about this decade and sometimes it's talking about 10 decades later. The um, blood and fire columns of smoke, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to, to blood red before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. All right? And so that's talking about the end, right? As Jesus comes back and he sends the new Jerusalem down, right? And everything is changed. But right now we're in the season of chapter, verse 28 through 31, right? That God has poured out his spirit on all flesh, that you will prophesy, that you will dream dreams. That's why 1 Corinthians says, seek all the spiritual gifts, especially prophesy, prophecy, because in prophecy, everyone can understand. There's something so powerful in prophecy. So Joel spoke about this day, that it would be a day when all can be filled with the spirit. Now, why would he point that out? Because you have to understand in their context, they understood the anointing or the oil or the spirit, if you will, would come upon a person for a purpose. So you think about King David, right? He's anointed by the prophet Samuel. Literally take oil, anointing oil, poured it over his head. I won't have time to go into the whole story, but as you know, the the 20,000 foot version, if if you're new to faith, is that he was rejected by his dad. He wasn't even included Right? This is why later in Psalms, he says, even my father has forsaken me, David says. So he felt very forsaken. He had father wounds, left out of the options to be anointed king. Yet the, Samuel, the prophet Samuel said, are you sure you don't have more sons? Which that's kind of funny. That's how you know you have a lot. Actually, I've lost my kids a lot lately. I have to realize where they are and they have to go pick them up late at night because I forgot they were there, but that never happened. Anyway, uh, just this week, twice. But other than that, so he forgot he had a child and he's like, oh yeah, David is out there. Uh, Maybe he's an option. He comes in, he gets anointed and the presence of God comes upon him. So it's not just oil. It's not just physical oil. It's the oil of the spirit. Everybody say the oil of the spirit. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about when there's some people that you talk to them and you feel God's presence when you talk to them? It's like God touched their life. Come on. When one, well, I don't want to get ahead, but when, all right, there's something, you know what this is like when you're preaching. You're so excited to say everything you want to say. When the, when the touch of God comes on, on your life, there's nothing like it. Let me ask this. How many of you want to live a meaningful life? We do. Well, you can't live a meaningful life without the oil of the Spirit. 
It's the oil of the Spirit that gives you meaning. Why? What meaning, Jordan? The meaning of living in the greater narrative of the gospel, the greater narrative that God the Father sent the Son to seek and save mankind. So without the oil of the Spirit, you just do your own thing. You just do your own thing. And that's why we wonder why sometimes we feel restless or unfulfilled. You feel fulfilled and at peace and full of meaning and joy when you are carrying out the Great Commission, when the oil of the Spirit has come upon your life and you're doing the thing or the things that you were called to do. That's a great spot for an amen, right? So again, I want to reiterate, in the Old Testament, the Spirit came upon someone and gave them special abilities. I mean, remember, remember Samson, right? All kinds of crazy abilities. I mean, I don't know how you tie up, what was it, a thousand foxes with a torch in their tail? There's no way I could catch one, right? God gave him a crazy supernatural ability. God gave David a supernatural ability, wisdom and strategy in battle, battle after battle, victory after victory after victory after victory. Everybody could see there was something special. Everybody just do this with your hand. Something special. Come on, act like it's the finger of God. Special on that life. So my question for you today is, do you want that? I want that. I want the touch of God in my life. I don't want to just be doing rat race. I want the touch of God on my life. Amen? So all of us have this desire to have a meaningful life. And then when we become saved and we realize that, oh, life is all about glorifying Jesus. Well, how do you best glorify Jesus? Let the oil of the Spirit come upon your life. Let the oil of the Spirit come upon your life. And it's available for all. Now, don't be confused today. I am not teaching how to have a rabbit's foot, a tip or a tool for a blessing. Sometimes the Holy Spirit, a sermon on the Holy Spirit can be accidentally implied that way. I am not saying that because the Holy Spirit is a person to be loved. The Holy Spirit is not a tip. It is not a tool for a blessing. The Holy Spirit is a person to be loved. Everybody say this with me. The Holy Spirit is not a tool, but rather a person to be loved. Please don't miss that. Every time I preach on the, on the Spirit, I talk about Him in the triune God sense. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today, but mostly I'm talking about what He does in our lives. But I wanted to set that premise because that's an important foundation. He is a person to be loved. He's the person of the Trinity. He's here speaking now, revealing the goodness of God. Ephesians 4.20 and Revelation 20. 2.17 says that he can be grieved, saddened by your decision to not show honor, not show grace to someone. He can be resisted as he's trying to lead you to risk something. He's trying to get you to try something new, to even preach. He can be resisted. Don't resist him. He can be quenched in the sense of moving in power and influence if we assert control and don't let him, according to 1, Corinthians 5, or 1 Thessalonians 5.19, he can be quenched. Everybody say quenched meaning he wants to move and we say, ah, ah, I got it. I got it from here. How many of you guys have ever done that? Come on. I think we've done that many times and we don't know we've done it. Another comforter that he may abide with you forever, Jesus says. I'm sending you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Jason, can you help me out, Pastor Jason? Come up here real quick because I feel this visual in my mind. I want you guys to see this. By the way, don't you love your new youth pastor and young adults pastor? He had a late night Friday, and so I, I remember those days, man. Yeah, you get tired, you get extra coffee when you're with teenagers for two to 25 hours. It can be a little exhausting. I want you to put arm in arm from it. This is, this is the Holy Spirit partnership. He's the Holy Spirit right now, okay? 
God says, I'm going to send you a partner, a comforter. I, I looked up that word uh, comforter one time, and that root word, the Hebrew word, means arm in arm, walking. In fact, let's walk down the steps. Even though you're taller than me, we're going to make this work. There you go. Boom. Okay, so everywhere I go, the Spirit goes with me. Come on. What do I do about this job? What do I do about this situation? I'm at work. It's frustrating. What do you think, Holy Spirit? You see? Hey, I don't know how to communicate with my teenager. Come on, somebody. Nobody does. Lord, my teenager lives in another universe mentally. What do I do? Holy Spirit. Come on. Amen? Thank you. He's with you all the time. He's your counselor, your comforter, the one that's going to come give you guidance. Right? So this Pentecost experience is not this one-time shot and then it's it. No, he is with you every day. And every day you can have the oil of the Spirit come upon your life. God's going to do something really special in your life today, Jessica's sister, which I don't remember your name. I met you a long time ago. What's your name again? Sarah? It's strange that I'm not going to prophesy to you now, but I'm going to prophesy to you later because <laughs> I just know God's going to do something really special or just in the sermon. Just I want you to be extra open today. This is for you. It's for everybody, but it's also for you. Everybody just say this with me. Surprise her, Lord. The oil of the Spirit, it, it symbolizes what, what took place in the Old Testament. How many of us were here last week and we talked about worship? We talked about how Moses went up Mount Sinai and God gives him instruction for the tabernacle. Okay? While he's up there, the Israelites made the horrible decision, Aaron's idea, to build a golden calf. Right? Remember who was here last week? We talked about that. Yeah. Well, one of the instructions that Moses gets while he's up there is to make anointing oil. And I felt prompted to actually look into that. What does that mean? I'm going to read this to you. And I want you to just listen to the specificity. And we're going to gather something cool out of this. Look at this. Exodus 30, verse 22. The Lord said to Moses, take the finest spices of liquid myrrh, 500 shekels of sweet-smelling cinnamon, half as much, that is 250, and 250 of aromatic cane, 500 casea, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hen of olive oil. Sounds like, how many guys love to cook? Some of you guys are like, oh yeah, just a pinch of this, half a cup of this. Yeah. yeah, come on now, come on now. Right? You shall make a sacred anointing oil blended to be a perfume. It shall be holy. Oh, come on, everybody say holy. Holy anointing oil. With it, you shall anoint the tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony, the table and all its utensils, the lampstand and its utensils, and the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the basin and its stand. You shall consecrate them that they are holy. You see, when the anointing comes on your life, you just want to be holy. You don't want anything to grieve the Holy Spirit. I remember being said this way, I think in Bible college, someone was talking about the anointing and they said, you know, Holy Spirit, being he can be grieved according to that first, first Thessalonians 4, I don't want that dove to fly away. It's like when David sinned and he said, take not your spirit from me. How many of you guys love friendship with God? How many of you guys love your friendship with God? You know, that can be hindered when we sin. That nearness with God. Right. So the anointing, look at this. It was specifically made. You shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may serve me as priests. And you shall say to the people of Israel, this shall be my holy anointing through all your generations. It shall not be just poured on an ordinary person. You shall not make any other composition. 
It is holy and it is to be holy. This is going to be one of those sermons where some of you walk out and go, I don't know what he was talking about, but I know I'm no, I know I'm supposed to seek after it more. Have you guys ever been in a sermon like that? And then sometimes you walk out and you go, man. So if you're, if you're in that first group where you're like, I kind of get it, I want you to talk to your group leader. I want you to get, make sure you're in a group so you can process what it means to be in the presence of God, to have the anointing come on your life. I'll never forget prophesying to you, Isaac, right? And the anointing, am I putting my coat on you? That moment. And then even years later, right? We're in a restaurant just a couple of weeks ago trying to process, what am I supposed to, I want, I want to do this, I want to do this, and I'm dreaming about what God wants to do in my life. Because what? He's consecrated to God. Right? We want to be consecrated wholly unto God. Everybody say holy. But isn't it neat that there were specific ingredients? Do you know each of you have specific ingredients? Jared, you have specific ingredients of specific gifts. Ray, there's no one like you. You have specific ingredients in spiritual gifts, right? Ephesians 2 tells us you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works for the foundations of the world. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12 says you have specific gifts. I feel like you're getting it a little bit, so I'm gonna get right in your face. Ray, you have specific gifts, amen, that are different from anybody else. You have specific things. You have gifts that I don't have. Come on, Matt Smeagol, you have gifts that I don't have, a specific combination that is your oil. My oil is not your oil. Turn to your friends and say, my oil is not your oil. Now, come on, we, we all, it all comes from the anointed one. Remember what Paul said? Right? So we don't compare. We all, it all comes from the anointed one. We have one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Amen? Amen. But don't think my oil's got to look like your oil. All right? So don't fall into that trap. Make sure today that you come to the prayer team because I feel such a spirit of prophecy in the house today. And so I just feel like, come up to the prayer team. If you're like, I want God to move, I just feel like God's going to prophesy to you guys through the prayer team today. My oil is not your oil. The oil of the Spirit is for a specific season and purpose. So wait for it. Wait for it. Don't rush it. Remember when David was anointed? Did you know he did not just become king? He had to serve who? Who do you have to serve? Saul, faithfully, right? And he honored the anointing on Saul. That's why he said, I will not touch the, the Lord's what? Anointed one. He says, that's the, now, even though Saul, jealousy and fits of rage formed in his heart and he tried to kill him, all three times, all three times when David's friend said, hey, take him out. This is your chance. God's giving you vengeance. David said, no, I won't do that. And he even said, my father, when I was rereading lately, he said, my father, he still honored Saul. My question for you is, don't rush this season of anointing that you are praying for. Wait for God to do it. Wait for God to promote you. Wait for God to put you in that season. We can get in a lot of trouble when we try to rush things. Right? So David didn't come out and be like, yeah, y'all, I don't know if you know, but I'm the anointed one. I'd be like, great, right? He didn't do that. He served faithfully where he could, where he was. He served faithfully with what he had in his hands, 
wherever he was. So my oil is not your oil. Wait for God to do his thing. God is not in a hurry. He kept Abraham and Sarah waiting 25 years before Isaac was born. Isaac and Rebekah waited 20 years for Esau and Jacob. Jacob had to wait 14 years to get the bride he really wanted. That's a long time. Right? I want to tell a story right now, but I won't. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right. He had to serve six more years to build up his flock so he could be independent. A total of 20 years. 22 years passed between Joseph's betrayal and his brother's reconciliation in Egypt. God is not in a hurry. All of his works are done in love, and love is patient. God knows what he's doing. So we're talking about the Spirit and the sacrament, that the Spirit wants to move in your life. The oil of the Spirit wants to surprise you. The oil of the Spirit, God wants to anoint you to give you supernatural abilities. How many guys would just nod with me and say, sometimes life gets mundane? Come on. All right, a lot of you gave me some actually very passionate nods. I saw a lot of the yes. Did you know in the midst of your mundane, God can do a miracle? How? The oil of the Spirit. In the midst of that HR meeting, in the midst of that research and development meeting, in the midst of that assembling things at the assembly line, the Holy Spirit can say, hey, pray for him. In the midst of the assembly line, the Holy Spirit can say, hey, he lost his mom this week. And you think, oh, well, that's a strange thought. That's an interrupting thought. I wonder if that's from God. Hey, is there anything I can pray with you about? And boom, God enters the conversation. Are you with me? So it's to anoint you for a specific season. But if you just are in the assembly line and if you're in the research and develop department and you just keep saying, well, one day God's gonna use me. No, 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 God can use you now. Be faithful where you are with what you have now. So the oil of the spirit is for a specific calling and season, but wait for it and just serve faithfully where you are until it comes. Amen? So God's spirit is poured out at the day of Pentecost. So Joel prophesies about this day. One day, I'm gonna pour out my spirit on all flesh. And I love how he said, men and women, sons and daughters. And then he said, maidservants. Again, it doesn't matter the economic status that you have, the social status that you have. How many of you guys are thankful for that? Come on. It doesn't matter if there's a long list of degrees after your name or not. God wants to give you his spirit. In fact, some of the most powerful people I know in the spirit don't have any college degrees. And yet they move in power. And I can hang out with them for months and years. Right? Why, there's a spirit, there's a touch of God on their life. Paul said that these manifestations of the promise of God, he said, this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. And so there's an there's a immediacy to a sermon like this because we have a culture that has very big voices and some people with very big megaphones declaring that God doesn't move in power, that the Spirit uh, ceased, that cessationalism, that, that it ceased, that the moving of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit died with the death of the apostles. It is, that is not true. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, that's not true. How do I know this? Pastor Jordan, how do you know this? Because he never rescinded what he said. When he said, seek the gift of prophecy, seek the gifts, he never said, actually, I changed my mind. He never said, up until the year 2000. When he said in John 14, you're going to do even greater things. Right? He didn't say until or 
up until the apostle's death. No, none of those phrases are there. He continues to move. I feel that I need to even tell you a story. Francis Chan, have you guys ever heard of Francis Chan? It was not long ago. So we actually used, uh, have used his material, discipleship material, because it's really good. And even though he didn't fully believe in miracles, uh, the rest of his doctrine was, was so good and it has such a sweet spirit about him that we've used his material. Well, do you know, it was just a few years ago that he went on a missions trip and he didn't believe in miracles. But everybody else did. Come on, smile. <laughs> everybody else did. And so next thing you know, he's praying for people and everybody he touches is healed. Somebody say, that's a good service. Come on, can you imagine that? <laughs> it's actually funny to hear his story. He's like, I didn't even believe it and it was happening. He, he's <laughs> he couldn't barely get the prayer out and they would get healed. And he's like, what's happening? I thought this was not real. I thought this ended. And yet everybody was healed. God changed his doctrine with that experience. It's powerful. Do you know God can change your mind? It's one of the questions I have when I interview someone. So page three, what has God changed your mind about? God should be willing to, it, we should be willing to let God change our mind. Come on, right? Because he's always teaching us. He's always revealing something to us. Wow, look at this. The oil of the Spirit energized the church to be a force to be reckoned with. At first is 120 people. Now the church is 3,120. 3,000 people were saved. That's a good church service. What if Rock of Grace suddenly went from, you know, 280 or 300 to 3,280? Who thinks that'd be pretty cool? Come on, let's do it. That's right. Open another campus, right? Plan another church. God's Spirit moved, and now Peter, who only had courage with his buddies and was afraid of the Romans, now had courage no matter who was listening. Wow. Who wants that kind of courage? I want God to anoint us. When you're filled with the oil of the Spirit, you're eternally minded. You no longer think too much about earthly things. I love what Warren Wiersbe says about the Spirit. He says, when the Spirit comes upon someone's life, you, you no longer pursue trivial pursuits. Who can be guilty of that? Everybody, right? But when the oil of the Spirit comes on you, you're just thinking about the kingdom. Is that person saved? Does that person know God? Does that person have something I can pray with them about? Eternal matters. How many want the oil of the Spirit? Right? The oil of the Spirit causes us to burn bright for Jesus. Bright for Jesus. Can I tell you, you need the oil of the Spirit just as much as like a pastor does? Did you know more pastors uh, quit the ministry every year than join the ministry? Do you know a large percent of them, I think it, I, what did I read just a couple of weeks ago? It was remarkably high, quit within the first two years. Because life can get hard, ministry can get hard, but can I tell you something? It's not just a pastor that needs the oil of the Spirit. It's you. We need the oil of the Spirit. So what's the difference between burnout and burning bright? Why is it that some pastors can last in the ministry 30 years, 40 years, 50 years? Let's look at this. Burnout, everybody say burnout. Come on, everybody ever been burnout? Has anybody ever been burnout? Burnout happens when I minister in my own strength. When I go to work in my own strength. Minister, burnout happens to, when I do more of my portion of God's work. 
So are you trying to do it all? Burnout happens when I use less of my allotted time to Sabbath. Burnout happens when I take less of my commanded Sabbath rest. But you can burn bright for Jesus when the oil of the Spirit is fresh on your life each and every day. Just like the Old Testament, there was, there's the lampstand and it was given new oil every day. Do you know that oil was changed out every day? Something we taught in David University. That oil was poured in there every day and you need the oil of the Spirit every day to burn bright for Jesus. Come on, especially when someone cuts you off in traffic or, you know, you meet Karen at that coffee shop. Come on. To burn bright for Jesus, to be a pleasant aroma of Jesus. Romans 14, 17 says, the kingdom of God is not food or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So if someone around you is always causing strife, Maybe they're not filled with the oil of the Spirit and you may need to limit your time with them. Do you know, I am all for good friendships, but I want you to hear me. Empathy is good. Being a good listener is good. Letting their offense become your offense is not good. Come on, let me talk to you for a minute. Nothing will rid you of the oil of the Spirit faster than an offense. So it's good to have friendship and it's good to have empathy but don't let someone's offense become your offense, right? Because there is always another side to the story, even your best friend. Amen? I don't know about you, but I want the oil of the Spirit on my life. Think about this. David was good at this. Saul was offended at David. He's, he has all these evil imaginations. He thinks David's trying to steal his throne. So he's chasing him. He's trying to kill him. But David didn't let Saul's offense become his offense. And get this, David didn't even let his friend's, good friend's offense become his offense. I want to say this. Getting offended and hurt is not your decision. That happens. Staying offended and hurt is always your decision. Can I say that again? Getting offended and hurt is not your decision. Staying offended and hurt is always your decision. Let the oil of the Spirit come and forgive that person. Amen? Do you know only the oil of the Spirit can cause you to actually truly, and I mean truly, love someone who has hurt you? Do you know that? I've had people in my life that hurt me very deep, yet I can still love them and treat them with honor. Do you know that's supernatural? Come on, in the, in the world... Come on, in the, in, how about in the, how many, how many of y'all just curious live in the real world? Just anybody? Just me and Ruth, Ashley, Jessica. Yeah, great. How many of y'all know sometimes people you love the most can treat you the worst? So how can you still love the oil of the spirit? Only God, only God can give you a deep love for them no matter what happens. Number three, God can do more with a little bit of oil. God can do more. Everybody say this with me. God can do more with a little oil. One more time. God can do more with a little oil. 
Oh, I want to preach, Pastor Jason, I want to preach this point right here for about 50 minutes, but we don't have time. Let the roast burn, y'all. It's going to be, it's going to be a revival day, okay? Listen, real quick, the Shunammite woman, right? Some of you know the story. She's got a little bit of oil. She said, I'm going to make a fire, and then me and my son, we're going to die. Pastor Jason, I've had some bad meetings. I've had people call me and say, man, I'm in a rough spot. I've never had someone say, I'm going to make a fire, I'm going to make a cake, and then I'm going to die. How many of y'all say that's pretty despondent? <laughs> How many of y'all would say that lady's in a, in a rough place? And what's the prophet say? The prophet in that moment is a picture of God's spirit because the prophet was God's voice. So it's a picture of God's spirit. He says, hey, make me a cake, which sounds audacious, but it's like put God first. And then God multiplied the oil and she had leftovers. Guys, with the oil of the Spirit, there's not only what you need, there's more than what you need. When we turn to God, when we put God first, when we say, God, I'm not going to be despondent. I'm not going to say, I'm just going to make this cake and die. I'm not going to think that way. Remember how we had the, the, the opposite right here? We said led by the flesh or led by the Spirit. I'm not going to think this way. I'm going to say, God, you can do a miracle. God, you can do anything. And that's what God did. God overflowed the oil so much so that every time she kept filling a jar, more jars came. In fact, the only reason they didn't make more oils because there's no more jars. And that's a revelation in itself. Give everything to God. Get as much as you can of God. He's going to keep filling you. So God can do more with a little bit of oil. Zechariah 4, 6. It is not by might nor by power, but by my... Man. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. So you have a decision to make in your household. You have a decision to make at work. You have a decision to make. Instead of just thinking, pray. Instead of just stressing, pray. Ask the Holy Spirit who is your comforter. Holy Spirit, what do you think? Remember the illustration with Pastor Jason up here. Holy Spirit, what do you think? And watch, a little bit of oil from the Spirit and suddenly you can have an, an amazing revelation. An amazing revelation. The Holy Spirit can help you in every situation of your life. I love this story from, um, this story from Chris Valentin pops into my mind. I want to share with you. He was early in his ministry and he had a car mechanic shop and he was just starting this church with Pastor Bill Johnson over in Bethel. Uh, now it's, you know, it's a small little church in, in Redding, California. Just kidding. It's a huge church that has impacted the world in great ways. But he, um, he had this car shop. He's a mechanic. And Pastor Bill was teaching him that God can speak to you about anything and that the, the Spirit is right there for all things. And he couldn't figure out why this one car was not working. And it wasn't in the manual, and there was something going on with the drive shaft. I think he said something with these two tires and the way they weren't communicating together. And he had just heard Pastor Bill teach this message. So he says, all right, God, show me something that I don't know. And suddenly he gets this picture of what's in front of the tire like behind the outer. And he's like, and he opens the manual. And he's like, no, that's not there. But yet he knows what he saw in his mind. So he went over to the car. He takes the piece and exactly what he saw in his mind was right there. How many of you guys believe stories like that? Amen. The reason I tell you that is because if it causes you to go, mm, I don't know, careful. 
Because careful with skepticism. Instead, be open and say, oh man, God can talk to me like that? Yes. God can do anything. Turn to your neighbor and say, God can do anything. And in that moment, it changed his mind. It gave him a revelation, an understanding that God's spirit can give you revelation, can help you. Whether you're coaching a sports team, right? Whether you're running a venue, whether you're doing whatever it is and you have these different things to decide. God can do more with a little bit of oil. I want to invite the worship team to come up. And I want to share this last point as they come up and as the prayer team comes up too. If the prayer team could come up to the sides and the pastors, I want you to come up and be available to pray for people. I want to tell you this. I was looking up, what are the functions of the Spirit? Please hear me. We shared a lot about the functions of the Spirit, right, today. One of the last things I want to tell you is this. It's for the overcoming of sin. Some of you say, I have a sin habit. I have some going on where I can't seem to stop this sin in my life. Look at this, Galatians 5, 16. Walk in the Spirit. Ever say the Spirit. And you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. To put it bluntly, you won't sin. And so if there's something going on where you're constantly fighting with your spouse, this, this sin, flesh, strife thing, maybe it's sexual lust, maybe it's greed, maybe you think about money nonstop and it's just nonstop how to accumulate it. And maybe there's even been this like temptation to, to, to take more or something. If you know that and you say, but I, I want to be a child of God. I know I'm a child of God, but I've got this sin in my life tempting me. Go to the prayer team today and let the oil of the Spirit fill you. Because look at this. Let me say it again. Galatians 5.16, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know you need God's help to not sin. You need God's help, and God can help you. He can teach you how to hide his word in your heart that you might not sin, like David said. He can speak to you in a moment, because he's right there. He can speak to you in a moment and change your mind. I want you to stand up to your feet. debating whether I should go into this last point or save it for next week. I'll just summarize it very, very briefly. Sometimes your greatest anointing comes from your greatest crushing. And if you're willing to withstand the character tests, there's an anointing that will come on your life that's unmistakable. But to use my dad's words, you gotta just hold steady. Hold steady. How many guys have ever been through some crushing? Maybe in the last year or two, maybe during COVID, how many guys went through some crushing? Some friends, right? Some people said some things that were hurtful and hard to hear. If in those moments, I want you to picture oil. Just close your eyes. Oil, just picture oil. It's still. So when all hell's breaking loose around you, when people are saying things that aren't true, 
just hold steady like oil, like oil in a jar. And God will come through for you. Some of those same people will come back to you. It's happened to me recently. Some of those same people come back to me and said, Jordan, I am so sorry. Jordan, will you forgive me? And I said, Lord, thank you for answering my prayer. Thank you, God, I didn't have to retaliate. Thank you, I didn't have to get revenge. You know, you know revenge is never yours. You know justice is not on you. Come on. Justice, that's God's job. So have the oil of the Spirit. I want you to picture this. Close your eyes if you I want you to picture oil smooth. It's not rustled. It's at peace. How many guys want that? If you want that, I want you to make your way to a, way to a prayer team member. Go up and find someone just as the team's going to lead us in a song or two. I want you to come up. Just listen, guys, five minutes. You know God can do more in five. I know some of you have little ones and you got to go get your little ones in 10, 15 minutes. But listen, just take, take a little bit of time and say, God, I need you to do something in my life. I need some fresh oil. Let him touch your life this morning. Let him do something you didn't expect. There is free.